Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Hey, Paratruthers. This week's episode is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth. With their help, we are continuing to bring amazing new content to our listeners every week. So if you feel the urge to donate, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth where you can just donate only a dollar and get some amazing rewards for your donation. Again, that's paratruthradio.com forward slash paratruth. Go check it out. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when the mutual view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? Gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And today we are going to be talking about two very interesting topics who kind of correlate. Uh, the first one is Santeria, and the second is Louisiana Voodoo. And this is episode three of our series on taboo. Uh, Santeria, actually, I, okay, I knew nothing about Santeria. <laughs> At all. Okay. It, it sounds like a disease. Um, Did you even know that it was a song by Sublime? No, no. <laughs> I had no idea it was a song by Sublime. Um, but you knew what Santeria is and did your research on it. You, you were interested in it. And uh, a couple of days ago, actually it was probably about a week ago almost now, um, you had mentioned that you wanted to do Santeria with Louisiana Voodoo yeah. because you thought that the correlation was pretty similar. Uh, there were some differences. I actually read up on Santeria, uh, obviously, uh, but I was a little confused by some of it. So luckily, you have a better head on your shoulders for <laughs> this particular uh, faith or art or whatever you want to call it. Um, so why don't we go ahead and just jump right into it and let's discuss Santeria first and foremost. Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing that confused you, which it kind of confused me as well, is it doesn't go into like if they use similar things like voodoo dolls or anything like that, because unless I were to get a Santeria practitioner here with us, there's nothing that I could find that said that they do something like that. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of interesting to just look at it from um, the perspective of it's, it's a religion similar to voodoo, but not, exact because there are some uh dif- some differences and uh santeria dates back to around the time of the spanish uh occupation in south america and santeria is translated roughly into worship of the saints uh the more direct translation is way or honor of the saints and is mostly a Spanish word, uh, where voodoo 
is from African entomology and means moral fiber, which is kind of odd because when you think of voodoo, you don't think of good per se, um, at least not from from a Christian faith. There mm-hmm. are people that call themselves uh, a good voodoo practitioner um, or, or uh, priest or priestess, and um, but when when most people hear the word voodoo, they get freaked out. Like, mm-hmm. they're putting spells on me. I don't want anything to do with it. So that's interesting that the two names are, are kind of different. And um, Santeria is called honor, or translates to honor the saints, which correlates with voodoo in the fact that voodoo and Santeria both have a connection to Catholicism. Yeah, they do. Um, and actually, uh, since, since we're talking about, instead of talking about the link between these particular arts and Christianity or Catholicism, let's just go ahead and talk about both of them right now together instead of, you know, instead of running over the, through the course twice. Um, <laughs> But when you that you mention that they worship the saints, do they literally worship the saints, or is there a like a masking behind the worship of the saints? So here is a brief definition of Santeria. Uh, Santeria is a system of beliefs that merges aspects of Yoruba, Yoruba religion brought to the New World by enslaved Yoruba people along with Christianity and the religions of the indigenous peoples of Americas. The Aruba people carried with them various religious customs, including a trance and divination system for communicating with their ancestors and deities, animal sacrifice, and sacred drumming and dance. The need to preserve their traditions and belief systems in a hostile cultural environment prompted their enslaved those enslaved in Cuba, starting from the early... 1515-ish area to merge their customs with aspects of Roman Catholicism. So pretty much same thing as voodoo where they integrated the the saints into their own belief system to mask what they were doing. Right. Uh, and that's exactly what I was going to say with voodoo because voodoo, in, in Louisiana voodoo, um, it, it's Basically, what they're doing is they're associating voodoo spirits with the Christian saints so that when they pray to a specific saint, who they're actually praying to is uh, one of their own voodoo spirits uh, of their faith. So, for example, when voodoo practitioners pray to St. Peter or St. Lazarus, who they're actually praying to is Papa Legba, uh, which is one of the spirits or one of the lower within their uh, divisional faith. Um, and of course they use a number of different saints, uh, and angels even on occasion, um, including St. Michael, the archangel, St. Jude, and of course, John the Baptist. So it's interesting to me that they would use the twist, like, like it's interesting to me because they were smart enough, not smart enough, but they were, it was like a brilliant idea, mm-hmm. you know, to have done that back then because they, they wanted to hold on to their heritage, even though uh, the Catholic religion, by 
the slave owners were so strong. And what's interesting, though, is like back then, uh, which is in the 1700s, when the African-Americans were brought to uh, Louisiana and the South uh, in uh, slavery, they actually outnumbered the slave owners by a great majority. And so unlike the North, where people were uh, where the African-Americans were spread out and like broken away from the families and things like that. They actually had to group all of the slaves together, which allowed them to help preserve their history and their their religion, basically. Mm. Well, the Santeria thing, um, I think, is interesting in the fact that it was two separate cultures, like the Yorubo, Yoruba people uh, went to South America. And the Kwan and you people went to North America pretty much because that, that's where voodoo started and that's where kind of, um, well, I guess it, it would be more so they went to Haiti because Haiti, Haitian voodoo started first before New Orleans voodoo because right. they went up. So, right. um, it's interesting that it's two separate cultures, but similar backgrounds in the fact that they integrated the Catholic faith in order to still practice without being hounded by the uh, authorities, if you will. Right. So Santeria, there really isn't a whole lot to cover on it, except for the differences to hoodoo and the only because there is, it, it's basically the exact same thing except for it went to South America, Hispanic area. Um, so the other differences here real quick is um, obviously Santeria was influenced by the Spanish and voodoo was influenced by the French because the French were in Haiti and they were in the, the uh, in New Orleans area. Um, I told you about the meanings and the different peoples there uh, that are Santeria compared to Voodoo. Uh, people who practice Santeria call their spirits Orishas, where Voodoo, where Eric said that, you know, Voodoo called their gods Loas or spirits. Um, Santeria came to America by way of Cuba and Mexico while Voodoo arrived from Haiti, like we said. The people who practice Santeria use a lot of animal sacrifice, while Voodoo users uh, practice this on a much lesser scale, apparently. I've actually never realized that before, because from what I've seen, a lot of Voodoo practitioners use chicken sacrifice in some of their mm -hmm. their uh, spells. Um, and since you've been to that area, maybe you can shed light on that was there any um history or insight into the voodoo culture in any of the places that you went where it said that they sacrificed other animals at all uh no i, I mean i didn't really have time to get too deep into it because you know i was there on missions right uh, you know working as a missionary so uh, i didn't have too much time to actually dive deep in I only had a day to get out and see some stuff and of course there's voodoo uh, shops and practitioner homes scattered all across uh, Louisiana, uh, especially down by the bayou and near New Orleans and stuff like that. Um, there are 
indications of sacrifices, especially in the graveyards uh, in particular. Uh, one grave, in, especially, uh, you and I had talked about this a couple days ago, actually, on our own, was uh, uh, the voodoo queen, Mary Laveau. Uh, every once in a while, they'll find sacrifices on her grave or they'll find different things uh, in hopes of people uh, reaching into like for guidance and help and things like that. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, the, the one thing about New Orleans voodoo uh, or Louisiana voodoo today is that a lot of it is just propaganda. You know, a lot of it nowadays isn't. And so nowadays it's not really like the pure form of Louisiana voodoo because even today the people who begin to practice voodoo, they, the one thing about voodoo is this is what's interesting about it. Okay. Voodoo is very flexible in the types of spirits that you pray to and the types of uh, uh, charms that you use and amulets and the different types of, you know, spells, if you will, uh, that you would use. Um, it's very flexible because you're able to use any faith that you want and combine it with whatever you want. So voodoo is kind of like nowadays, depending on where you're at in Louisiana, uh, just a big mutt of religious, you know, weirdness. It's just like, let's just mesh this all together and there we go. That's our religion and it's voodoo. Uh, you know, it, it's base is voodoo, but then it extends off. You know, you have preachers, which is ridiculous, but Christian preachers down in Louisiana who practice voodoo, they combine the two. Now, maybe, you know, they don't think of uh, the spirits of voodoo, you know, the loa. They don't think of the loa when they pray to the, the saints and stuff. They actually believe that they're praying to the saints instead. But still, they're, they're doing these practices in voodoo that are still like, it's not a God thing. You know, it's not a godly thing. According to the scriptures, you know, obviously people are going to have their opinions. Well, I think, um, I think the, and this is probably just my opinion on this, but from what I've kind of read and understood is a lot of these people, even Catholics, um, that, that aren't priests practice voodoo sort of, I guess, (laughs) to protect themselves. Pretty right. much, which which it comes down to superstition, and, and voodoo is a very superstitious belief system. You know, uh, there are a lot of things that you can do to protect yourself, or that are intended to protect yourself from certain things, um, and that's where the charms come in, and the amulets, and the different types of ritual, you know, mm-hmm. things, uh, herbs, and whatnot, uh, which we can get into a little bit later. Um, and in that sense, it, make, it makes sense. I mean, you and I were the same way once. You know, our superstitions would allow us to use salt to put around the car or, you know, at the base of our doors to prevent spirits from walking in or following us home after an investigation. Uh, we used to wear an amulet, you know, uh, or a charm on a necklace around our necks every time we went in. We used to do prayers uh, whenever we went in. We, we, you, you and I actually used to do quite a few different things, you yeah. know. Uh, in hopes of protecting ourselves instead of simply relying on God for the protection, um, which was different thing back then, obviously, to us. But nonetheless, voodoo in general is a very superstitious belief. Um, and as a result, I, I can understand why some people, even though they're practicing Christians, 
was still lean towards voodoo for some of these things. But again, the problem with that is that these people are now no longer uh, relying on God's grace and mercy and strength to protect them. They're relying on something else entirely. And that's actually something that happened when I was in Louisiana uh, the last time uh, when I was there on mission. Me and my friend Chad had gone into a voodoo shop and there was a woman in there who was searching for like through all kinds of different candles uh, at the voodoo shop. And Chad had turned to me. He's like, for some reason, he was like just drawn to this woman and not in a weird way. Just I just want to throw that out there. But, you know, he was like drawn to this woman. Uh, and he's like, I, I really we should go talk to her. And I was hesitant at first. I mean, I'm not one to just go and talk to strangers in, right. in the first place. It's difficult for me. Um, but I was hesitant at first. And he's like, and I was like, you know, no, nah, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't like bother her. You know, she's, you know, I hate when people come to talk to me about anything when I'm doing <laughs> something, you know, looking or whatever. And so like, I don't even like when store employees come up to me and say, Hey, do you need help? I'll right. always say no. I will <laughs> never say yes. I might never. Um, even if I need like all the help in the world, I won't say it. I just, nope, I do it myself. Um, but eventually he had that God tug, which pulled him to decide, Hey, I'm going to go over there. And so he went and I followed and we were talking to her and she was telling us about how her, uh, son at the time was in prison and she thinks it was false. And he, you know, he was like, uh, set up and things like that. Uh, and she's just struggling. And so we decided to talk to her a little bit about God. Uh, not much, but we just, all we really did was say, Hey, can we pray for you? And so we like put our hands on her shoulders. She bowed her head. We bowed ours. We prayed right there in the middle of the store. Uh, and afterwards she just like, she, she put the candle back and was like, you know what? I don't need this anymore. Like I, I was drawn away. I forgot who my God is. She's a practicing Christian and she was led astray to come there and she needed someone like my friend Chad. I'm not going to say myself because I didn't do anything, but I was there. But, you know, he was him that led. And it's like he he did something, you know, and she changed her mind and she walked out of that store happy as a clam. And who knows what came of it. But, you know, I'm hoping everything turned out well. But um, it, it's important to remember that when you do consider going into these stores and doing things as a Christian. Uh, these are the types of practices that God is strictly, strictly warns against. Uh, be careful of divination, be careful of uh, practicing pagan rituals and things like that. So definitely something to remember uh, for those who are Christians and thinking about dabbling in the voodoo, uh, because bad stuff could come of it. You know, um, it's actually interesting. It depends on who you talk to, but voodoo originally was, I guess, proclaimed to be only good. That's all they would ever do is good stuff with voodoo. Uh, That's the first I've ever heard that actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So and maybe it's just Louisiana voodoo, but originally it was about riches and, you know, health, things like that is what voodoo really is. Oh, uh, yeah. Like to bring that stuff to you, right? Yeah. To you or to other people. Right. Um, and then the whole idea of like uh, 
the the harming of people through voodoo kind of came about in movies. Now, I think hoodoo and voodoo in its pure form did both. I, I believe that they did, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they did curse people and there were curses put out through different rituals. But um, still, it's interesting because it depends on who you talk to. Because people will say, oh, no, it's only for good. Other people will say, oh, it's only for bad. And others will say, oh, it's for both good and bad, depending on what you want to do with it. And which is probably the correct term, the per- correct one right there, the third one. <laughs> but still, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff about voodoo that's just interesting when you read up on it. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. This is, I found it interesting when I read it. Voodoo dolls. What do you think of when you think of a voodoo doll? Pins. Pins. Okay. Like uh, basically cursing somebody using the doll with a pin. Mm-hmm. And depending on where you poke, and this is very vague, folks. Don't quote me on this because my knowledge of voodoo dolls is very uh, ignorant, if you will, in the sense that I, I don't really know a whole lot about it. But you you prick the the area of the doll that you want affected, pretty much. Um, a lot of times, the voodoo dolls you need a piece of the person, which sounds really gross, but it usually just has to do with hair um, mm-hmm. or fingernails um, to to affect that person and and um, initiate the. Uh, a spell that you're trying to do, basically. So, apparently, all of what you said is pretty much just Hollywood folklore. Okay. Apparently. Now, I'm again, nowadays, you know, you never know. I'm sure people were harming people. But according to uh, the research in Louisiana voodoo, a voodoo doll was originally meant to only protect or bring goodness to a person, not to harm them. Uh, even with a pin in the body, it's not meant to like cripple somebody, but it's meant to like place it. Like the pin is like a, uh, uh, kind of like a representation of whatever it is that they're going to do. Like for example, you know, you have your hair on the voodoo, you have the voodoo to kind of look somewhat like the person, uh, and then you pin a heart to it for love or, you know, something of resemblance like that. Um, things like that, you know, it, it wasn't actually meant for hurting uh, or, or causing pain. Uh, which actually makes sense because if you, I mean, you've seen in the movies, you know, you pin, you stick a voodoo doll with a pin or you let it on fire and the person that's supposed to be suddenly is like falling to the floor, they're igniting in flames, which just isn't real. <laughs> you know, it doesn't actually happen. Um so yeah, I mean, it's, I thought it was interesting that a lot of that is. This is a problem with movies, honestly, when it comes to different faiths, faiths of the world, because they have so much freedom, creative freedom, that they start mm-hmm. to change and create belief systems that aren't real to begin with, you know. Well, I, I don't know that they aren't. Like, are you saying with with voodoo? In this case, okay. Um, I I think that the biggest thing with voodoo and Santeria both is 
it started out with masking and then that's how it got into this montage thing like you're talking about mm-hmm. um and from the a, a christian perspective in a sense yeah it's creating this fake or false religion um but to all of these people it's real i mean this is everything that's happening is real to them right no, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, but what I'm saying is that in, in a sense, because of the fabrication of Hollywood, it's mucking up the original peer side of okay. this form yeah. of faith. You know, it, like voodoo is so dirty anymore in a spiritual sense. That when you practice it, you don't know who you're actually praying to. You don't know, you know, what this charm is going to do or that charm is going to do because there's so many different versions of voodoo and different belief systems regarding it. Uh, it's like, how do I know which is which and what is what and right is right and wrong is wrong or is wrong right and right wrong. And, you know, it's just like it's such a mess anymore <laughs> because of all of it. Um Voodoo is just one of one of those one of those faiths, you know. Um, it, it, when you look at the the religions of the world, none of them are quite pure as they once were. Once were, mm-hmm. um, but nonetheless, they have certain elements that have been secured and have not, you know, moved or changed. Uh, when you look at Christianity in particular. The same thing has been taught for thousands of years, a couple thousand years now. Uh, but even before that, when we're talking about the Old Testament, it's been taught for thousands of years, passed down uh, from generation to generation. And even though some things have changed, the basics are still there. They've always been there. They've never, you know, they've never really gotten too mucked up unless you're getting to the different denominations of Christianity. Mm. Uh, Christianity in and of itself is pure, but when we're talking about Catholicism and Protestants and, you know, all these other ones. Well, now we're going to start seeing the muck because they're all going to start believing things differently than the other. Uh, and you start to wonder, okay, well, who's right? Who's wrong? And these are the type of things that you and I have discussed uh, in private, uh, both as well as on the show. Um, and I know I've had this discussion with other people like Recently, even, uh, you know, somebody that we know asking, you know, what makes me right and them wrong or vice versa? And like, well, that's, that's a darn good question, you right. know, because how do you know? And, you know, people will say, well, it's just it, it only it doesn't matter as long as you believe something, which also isn't true, in my opinion and belief. You know, you have to believe there's only one thing to believe, you know, and that's the only option because otherwise, what's the point? Like if anybody can do anything and it doesn't matter and you can believe whatever you want, what's the point of laws? What's the point of being nice or being good or doing this or doing that? You know I mean? What's the point? It doesn't matter anymore. You can do whatever you want and still get to heaven. If you, if it doesn't matter what you believe. Yeah. And I understand what you're saying too. And this is going to sound really bad, and people are probably going to email me about it. Um, but um, who's to say 
two that, and I'm sure you're 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 saying this in in a sense too that the Bible is actually accurate too. And the reason I'm saying that is there's been so many translations and people are still arguing this right now. Um, actually, I just listened to an episode of TSR uh, where they're talking about the Nephilim and mm-hmm. the, the trans, the original translation compared to what we have today seems like it's completely different and I encourage you guys to check it out because it's actually really interesting. Who's to say the, the, the Bible that we have right now is exactly where Christianity should be? And I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way. I do believe in the Bible. I do believe in Jesus Christ. Um, and I do believe he died for our sins. But a lot of the stuff in there is messed up in the translation. So who's to say that everything in the Bible is exact and accurate as well? Well, you can't. But who's also to say that it's actually messed up? Well, right, you, right. When, when you're translating from Hebrew to English or Aramaic to English, English has the most words in any dictionary in the world. We have so many words that mean so many different things that most people don't know. I, I actually just recently listened to an episode of NPR where a Frenchman was discussing the different language barriers between the French and himself in particular, and Americans. Because Americans will have one word that has two, three, four different meanings, literally, and they only have that same word for one meaning. So when an American says it, he's like, well, that's outrageous. But then he learns what it actually means. Like, oh, wait, that, that's, that's ridiculous because that doesn't mean that, you know, over here. Mm. Um, and I think the problem is, like, the Hebrew, if we're talking about the Old Testament right now, um, the Hebrew language is so difficult to really translate into English. And luckily we do have sources to help, you know, and that's, that's why we have sources. That's why we have concordances and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that if you can, you know, you can use, I, I use the NIV Bible. I know we have listeners who don't like the NIV for one reason or another. I love the NIV and I use that in accordance with the concordance, because when there's a word or a a passage that I'm not understanding, I'll look back into the concordance and see what the original Hebrew word was or is, and then find out what the definition of that particular Hebrew word is. And that helps translate everything for me. Because, yeah, they will, you know, in the English dictionary, in the English Bible, they will use a different word on occasion in the Bible for something that was used, you know. Um Instead of fire, they might use light, which is a significantly different meaning, you know, depending on the the structure of the passage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so luckily, we do have those concordances where you can learn what the true meaning is and what the true word is uh, based on the dictionary uh, of the Hebrew or the Greek or the Aramaic, depending on whether or not you're reading the Old Testament or the New Testament. Um yeah, I mean, translations, and that's what I was saying before, is even though like the religions of the world, and in particular Christianity, once has a purity, and there is a pure version out there, but when you have all these branches of like Protestants and Catholics and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, mm. 
as long as the basics still remain the same, the original, because if you look back to the original Hebrew text, the very beginning, I guarantee you, you're still going to see the same thing that says, Jesus is God, believe in Jesus and you will be saved, be baptized. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus rose again for our sins and opened the door to heaven for us if we believe in him. All that stuff's going to be the same straight through. But all the other stuff in there that isn't specific necessarily to our salvation may become a little bit jumbled, especially in the Old Testament. Uh, you know, so I mean that that that's what I mean when I say there needs to be a solid foundation to the religion that isn't changed. Because if it does change, then you have to begin to question, what am I really believing? If, because it can't be whatever your faith is. You know, it doesn't have to be Christianity, but whatever your faith is, if you mm-hmm. find like if you're Buddhist and there's a, another version of Buddhism that doesn't practice the same thing as Buddhism, well, then how do you know which one is which? <laughs> and is there a difference? And that really depends on whether or not the basics are the same, whether the foundation is the same. Because if the foundation is the same things can kind of, you know, be shifted a little bit. Um, it's just, in the end, what affects salvation? Well, and that's that's why I kind of bring it up, because with voodoo, I don't know so much with Santeria as far as today, because they did do it in the past, where they're, it's, Santeria isn't the original religion that they started with. Same with voodoo. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like with with Santeria and with Voodoo, what was there? Is there anything left of the original religion? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that depends not so much in America because America is it's a melting pot. You know, things are all messed up here. But when you go back to the culture, like where it originated, when you go back to Africa. And you find those indigenous people who are still practicing the same thing without any influence from the outside world. That's where you're going to find the purity. You know, that's where you're going to see how it all started and what it consists of. Uh, the problem is finding those people can be difficult on a continent as large as Africa. You know, trying to figure out, OK, like there's. There's people who have never seen people from America before, who's never seen people from another country, let alone another, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know. I mean, that's that's where I guess you would have to go in, in order to see what the true uh, pure version of voodoo really looks like. All right, folks, I think this is a good spot for us to take our break. Um, you're listening to Paratruth Radio right here at paratruthradio.com. We will be right back right after this. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Enchanté. Each week, we dive into a specific topic be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So, come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. 
If you like listening to beautiful voices like ours, instead of reading words, then head on over to Audible, where you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash paratruth, where you can choose from over 180,000 titles for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we have been discussing Santeria and Louisiana voodoo. Uh, of course, we both just went on a bit of a spiel and drove a little bit away from voodoo. They're talking about religions and whatnot. But, hey, that's what we do. We <laughs> like to rabbit trail. Yeah. Uh, it is spring, after all. <laughs> so... <laughs> So here we are. We, we've covered Santeria Voodoo. We've seen the similarities uh, and the apparent differences. Uh, we've learned that really the melting pot of America has really made a melting pot of voodoo. And voodoo is probably one of the most muckiest belief systems or practices, at least I'll call it. At least in America. Uh now that we've discussed all that and we see that, and I think you and I can both agree on that based on the different like viewpoints of others who have practiced mm-hmm. the, 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 the practice. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Like, is this something that's, that's like, eh, or do you think it's something that would have to go back to basics or, you know, is it even purpose driven? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Um, as far as, as the religions themselves or uh, as far as Louisiana, at least as far as Louisiana voodoo, because it's American and because like, because it's been all, um, you know what I mean? Well, like, let me put it this way because voodoo is such a big melting pot of people and faiths and beliefs. Can there actually be a true religion based off of it? Or is it simply just a practice for people who are superstitious? I <laughs> I think the the original beliefs are there, but mm-hmm. it's been so at least for voodoo, so commercialized and so um watered down that it's not even close to the original religion. Mm-hmm. So I think that it is more so something for someone to use if they're superstitious or they feel a voodoo practitioner is trying, like I said earlier, defense against another another's spell pretty much is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as voodoo is concerned, I think it's, it's been so commercialized and watered down that it, it's not even close to the original religion. Um, mm-hmm. as far as Santeria is concerned, as far as I'm seeing, because it's not a more well-known thing and it's not as watered down per se, it's a little bit closer to that original religion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Santeria is a little bit more so, it, it's more so 
people's beliefs over something that they're saying, I can use this sort of a thing. Right. What about... I completely, I, no, I mean, I, I completely agree with you uh, on all of that. Um, I just... I don't know. It's just weird, you know? It's just weird when you think about it. Because, like, you could... Louisiana is a tour, or New Orleans in particular, is a tourist trap, right? Mm. So there are practitioners that go into these booty shops. There's also a bunch of tourists that go into these booty shops, and they don't know what they're looking at. They just know what they see in TV, you know, yeah. uh, most of them. Uh, they're buying things. They're doing things, lighting candles, doing this, doing that. Now, you and I have discussed in the past the power of symbols and uh, the power of belief in and of itself and whether or not like for example symbols have power in and of themselves which means when somebody goes to a voodoo shop and takes a candle and lights it and they just simply light it or they buy like a doll or they buy something you know that's based on voodoo Mm. could they could they be unknowingly releasing something into their home and opening a door, not knowing it because of the faith? Or is it just so, do you, I mean, could it just be so mucked up that it's just simply a candle, which is simply a doll that happens to be, look like a voodoo doll, you know, like nobody knows it anymore because it's just, it seems like it's such a mess. It, I guess I can kind of go hand in hand with any religion out there too. Are you, are you even believing what the original beliefs are teaching. So it's, yeah, it's I mean, really interesting. Um, and I think that that brings us to a good point too. Like a lot of people in New Orleans are, are they buying into this because they believe it's going to protect them or are they buying into it just because they think it's a, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It fad is what I'm thinking of, but it's not it's not what I'm I'm trying to say. Um, but basically, it's it's just a uh, a novelty, a novelty, okay. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Do you think that a lot of people buy into it, or they buy it thinking, yeah, this really isn't going to work, but I'm buying it just because it's there, uh, like with the spells and the the voodoo dolls and that sort of a thing, right? No, yeah, I, I mean, I I think for the majority of them, they're just simply buying into it. Like it's just, it's just a thing that seems cool, you know, to have. Uh, I'm one of those people. Like, I mean, I know what voodoo is. I know the truth behind it. But to be honest, if I ever go back to New Orleans, I'll probably buy a voodoo doll to put on my shelf. It's true, but I mean, that's who you and me are. You you and I All are. Right. Uh, you know, that's what we do and we don't care. I mean, it's, we're not going to use it for anything and we're not practicing anything, but, but I think the difference is, I don't know. I might use it against certain people. Yeah. (laughs) Shame. (laughs) But if I was in a bad mood right now, I'd say good for you, but I'm in an okay okay mood. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, like I think, Today, currently, everybody's just kind of buying into it as this mass kind of cool thing to do. You know, it's just, I think there's no real, almost a truth to it anymore uh, for, for the majority of Americans, at least. 
Um, it's just a souvenir. Any of it, and all of it. I'm sure you get occasional people who believe something could happen, but yeah. Well, and when it comes down to it, too, like if you're doing a voodoo spell and that particular thing happens, did the spell work or was it just coincidence? <laughs> Well, that depends on whether or not you believe in coincidence, you know? So <laughs> that that opens a whole different topic. <laughs> Just one of those topics that's like, God, it's weird, but how do you define it? Yeah, <laughs> for real, man. <laughs> all right, folks. I think that's all we've got for Santeria slash Voodoo. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Um any final thoughts or anything you want to add in before we head out for the evening? Uh, if you plan on pressing voodoo, don't. <laughs> <laughs> so the same message as Heidi had last episode where it's, if you're planning on practicing mediumship, don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great minds think alike. <laughs> So, all right, folks, that is it. Um, if you guys love us, hate us, please comment, share, subscribe if you do love us. Um, and we want to know your your comments as well because that's how we try and figure out what you guys are thinking of the shows. Um, make sure you're checking out paratruthradio.com as well as TMV Cafe, Fringe Radio Network, Conflict Radio, and PAUK Radio Network as well, which is Paranormal UK Radio Network, if you guys don't know that. Um, and uh, <clears throat> make sure you're checking out all the social medias. That's where we post a lot of our stuff. So, all right, folks, until next week, where you'll find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Basically life sucks as a grown-up.
All right. I right. think that was good enough. I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> no. Right.